All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and I'm here with former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And we're talking about one of the classics. It's a, a quick dip on Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. And this movie is interesting. I don't know, I don't say we're doing a review, but this is kind of more of a discussion of kind of like, why Why is Jaws such a big deal? Like, what made Jaws what it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Why, why is Jaws? Like, you think of summer blockbuster, this is uh, essentially like the first one. Like, this is what started... This is what started kind of all these all these big movies coming out in, yeah. in the summer. I mean, it, like all your Marvel movies don't exist if Jaws isn't super successful, you know? Absolutely. You don't have your ten poles. You don't have all of your sequels. If Jaws didn't do it. Right. Um, or at least, I mean, I feel like it would have been uh, inevitable, but maybe didn't have to start so soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my first thoughts on this one is... Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't really get why this is so, such a, why this is so well known. Like, why is it in the zeitgeist, you know? Because I, I don't think this is like an especially good movie. And I think part of that is I wasn't alive in the 70s. So I don't understand like all the kind of cinematic magic surrounding this movie. And like, like we're going to talk about later, like, why did this become such a big deal? And why is it so well known? It's like, why well, wasn't like around for that? And so like, but now so many movies are follow like the template that Jaws has. And so without even watching Jaws, I felt like I had already seen this movie a bunch of times. Uh, and so that's kind of like my problem with it. It's it's like your classic hero's journey. You know, uh, Brody has his like his his call to adventure. He has his refusal because he's scared of water. Uh, there's the introduction of like the mentors with uh, Quint and Hooper. Uh, you have like the crossing of the, the threshold when they go out to sea. Um, the resurrection of the characters when they, 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 they kill the shark, you know, like they've defeated the enemy and then the return of like the, your triumphant hero. And I understand like that's a, uh, that, that's a story, that's a, a, a way of plotting out your story that's existed forever. But this is like really, really like beat for beat that exact thing. And then a bunch of movies just like kind of aped on that afterwards. And so that's why like this movie is fine, but it's more of kind of all like the, all the kind of the pomp and circumstance surrounding it that made Jaws such a big deal. Not necessarily, I think, Jaws itself. So uh, this movie is fine. I get why it's a classic, kind of just, it's kind of the same way Star Wars is a classic. Like, kind of look back at them and maybe they're not like that great, but th- all the technology that came out with them is what made them so, like, it was such a big deal at the time, you know? And I think kind of Jaws has that same feel to it. Yeah, exactly. So, I like, why is Jaws, like, one of the most well-known films in American cinema? Like, is it really the theme? Like, everything this movie is about is about struggle. You know, little guy... Um, uh, versus government, man versus nature, experience versus education. You have all of these displayed between these character relationships. Um, so that obviously sets up a lot of like every, like American everyman can be in this movie. Um, and then, or, but like, is it like it's inherent shallowness, like for pure entertainment? Like that's, that's obviously also an element, but like with the, the concept of this big animatronic shark, or is it, the marketing campaign around the whole thing. Like what's so weird is like Spielberg just wanted to make a movie about chasing a shark. It's, it's literally like, that's my impression. Like it's really a movie about three dudes on a boat chasing a shark. It's kind of a weird movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's not, you're so right. There's really not, like I said, it's like, it's, it's like your classic hero's journey. There's not a ton to this and it is, it's just guys hunting, a, you know, like the, your antagonist, you know, kind of this like nameless, faceless, horror that they have to take care of you know uh, yeah but so like like the, that's the thing is like 
the strangest thing out, out of all these things that it's most well known for are the worst parts of the film. Right. Like the music, the characters' motivations, the one-liners. Like this film has a lot of great things that work, but none of them are what makes Jaws. What makes Jaws are the the bad parts of the yeah, filmmaking. It's like a yeah, it's a like you said the one-liners that everyone quotes now. Like it, you know, and they they appear in like pop culture and other movies. I mean, this movie is referenced all the time. So yeah, yeah. but it's like those like if you just sit down and like watch the movie like critically it's like oh this like kind of especially the score is like what is it like it is so crazy it's really oh. and it's really odd how it changes its tone kind of completely like at the beginning it's real horror feel and then at the second half it's like a real adventure it's uh, it's, it's honestly it's so odd it's honestly like an orchestral suite like they thought of like the whole like like beethoven's ninth like the whole thing like is is uh composed that way right and it's it's missing the fact that it's actually attached to action on a screen. Yeah. And I think that's what's 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 so weird about it is just like you could have taken that the all of that music out and it would have fit much better like in an operatic sense. Yeah. Just to watch the music there. Like it doesn't it doesn't go with what's on the on uh what you're showing. Yeah, it doesn't fit like the tone of what we're seeing, I don't think. No. Like honestly, like the score is like it's it's terrible it's it's there's so few places that it actually works it's like it's either over dramatic or distracting with from scenes with yeah. real tension so like i want more screams more water lapping wind whipping feet slipping underwater bubbles and clanking equipment like yeah like in spite of the goofy practical shots of the shark like there's still a number of moments of real terror that are drowned out by ridiculous music for sure uh john williams did the score for this and he showed steven spielberg the first time you know like hey, this is this is what i've come up with and steven spielberg's like thought it was a joke he was like okay show me the real score now yeah like that's how like you know even the director was like i can't put this in the movie like yeah, that's <laughs> how what how goofy is that this is about a shark tearing people to shreds it has a real like like i said in the second half it has a real like pirates of the caribbean feel to it like ac- action yeah, adventure yeah. our hero is on a quest but it's like but the whole but the beginning of the movie is a horror movie and so it's yeah. like I don't understand the tone change and and the the score I think is what changes the tone more than anything because you could have a creepy score in the second half of the movie and it I think it would have fit better. Um but going back more to like kind of what what makes Jaws like what why was it such a big deal and you know it's uh it's yeah the first summer blockbuster uh you know people were queued up like around the block to see this movie it's the first movie to make 100 million dollars. Um and a big reason for that is it's this combination of like robust marketing, which like movies hadn't done before. It's like all these TV spots, which we we see now, and it's like it's even more saturated now because now like YouTube and everywhere you can see a trailer for a movie. There there are whole um like channels that are just dedicated to be like every trailer like for movies coming out like November every you know like each month it's like all the trailers for it. So like the idea of TV marketing being like a, a new thing is so weird to wrap your head around because it's so a part of like the media now. So that was like one big reason why they did it. So like, uh, I think the only other movie to really do that before that was uh, The Godfather and it had like very few TV spots. It also had like a slow release. Like that's really the difference between how uh, film came out and how it comes out now. Right. They they kind of build through word of mouth starting with a few select theaters and then open into more theaters as the weeks go on. Yeah. So Godfather came out in 1971 and its opening weekend was five theaters. Yeah. And then the following week, it expanded to 316. But Jaws opened up at, in 465 theaters. It was it's it's the Crazy. it was the biggest like simultaneous release of a movie ever. And and it's so again that like that concept seems like so like it's just a part of how movies are released today. Like you don't even think about it now. It's like oh that's the date 
I can see it in any theater anywhere in the country, you know? And, and the part guy, of that, yeah. like, and what what's crazy to think too about, like, when you look back at, like, film releases and just in general, like, why uh, Gone with the Wind is one of the top grossing films of all time is because you didn't have the digital media. You weren't going to be able to buy the DVD. These things ran in theaters sometimes for years. And it was just you went and saw them frequently because this was your only chance you were ever going to see it. And uh, because once they pulled it out of theaters, out of release, maybe it was good enough that um, it might show up on on TV or um, they might have another release. But if it wasn't a good movie, this was your only chance to ever see anything. Right. Um, uh, Another thing I didn't I was surprised to find out uh, was AC being put in theaters. It started in like the 60s. And that was a big reason, like a lot of theaters just shut down during the summer because it was just, it was too hot. Like no one wanted to go and sit in a building for an hour and a half or two hours and watch a movie because it was too hot. And so it kind of just the advent of having an AC in a theater made the summer blockbuster possible, which I think is so interesting. Like that's something that you would just never think of. And that's part of the reason why Jaws was so successful as a summer blockbuster is because, oh, you, instead of being like, oh, you know, I'm going to stay inside like my house and stay cool or, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and find something else to do because I don't want to sit in a stifling theater. Like just the idea of adding cooling in a theater was was part of what built the summer blockbuster. That's so crazy. I want to give a big shout out to this PBS article I found. It's a uh, Jaws: The Monster That Ate Hollywood. That's where I got a, like I did a lot of my research through that. It was, it was a good article. It's it's like a quick read, but yeah, it's like a, so much information on this is why Jaws is such a big deal now. It's not necessarily because it's like critically the best movie. It's just it was the first to do so many things that we think of just as a mainstay in how movies are released now. It's like this is this is the template. Like this is what built. Like every movie that like, like Roland Emmerich only has a career because he copies Jaws like every time. Uh, like he did that. He does like Independence Day and that crappy Godzilla yeah, movie that yeah, came out yeah. like 99. He's got this new I don't know movie. about crappy. I love that one. It's terrible, I, but I love it. I like it uh, for the nostalgia of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I was a kid and that came out and I thought Godzilla was cool. Oh, I had the so toys cool. and stuff. Oh yeah. That was like the coolest looking Godzilla too, I think. It's funny. Like people like the studio in Japan because it had to be like approved by them. And mm-hmm. apparently it was a little different at first and they had to like tone stuff down for it because they were like, you can't do this to Godzilla. Like, this is like, <laughs> our, it's like precious to them, you know, it's like. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cultural like icon. Yeah. They, so like the studio that like owns the rights to Godzilla, they're like, we don't even acknowledge that film. It's not a real Godzilla <laughs> movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Roland Emmerich has this new movie coming out. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. It's called like Moonfall. Oh yeah! It's like it looks terrible. <laughs> it's, it's the Earth versus the Moon. And yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. But it's what I'm I saying. thought it was gonna be like Interstellar, and then all of a sudden, like there's this black, like synthetic, like or like like uh, sentient, like yeah. mist, sort of like a symbiote, like from the Spider-Man movies, kind of like that. But, yeah, but it's like like uh, like uh, omnipowerful, and, like, right? Flying things. But that's what I'm talking about. Like that's why I think Jaws is such a big deal, is because now you can make a movie where the Moon is attacking Earth. <laughs> And but it's it's essentially like you could replace replace the moon with Jaws, and I'm sure that that movie is going to be it's going to follow the same plot points of Jaws, but it's just it's the moon instead of a shark. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Like that's so funny. Like to think like this movie is ridiculous. Yeah. We have a giant great white shark being overly aggressive, and now we have the moon attacking. Yeah. Like oh my god. And so like I said, it's it's not Jaws's fault that I wasn't very interested in it. It's every other movie's fault that I'm not interested in Jaws because I can see the trailer for Moonfall and be like, yeah, that's, I, I've oh, seen man. that movie before. And Jaws in space. Yeah. And, and just other movies that really are, you can tell are like really inspired by uh, Jaws. I mean, you have like Alien in 79, Tremors is, is Jaws. Uh, Lake Placid is like 
really Jaws. It's just in a lake. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of like like that's why this movie exists in the. Zeitgeist. Although I guess you could like, probably yeah. say the same thing about like Godzilla. Like Jaws probably took a lot of inspiration from Godzilla. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know because Godzilla is like malevolent. It, he's not like doing it. It, it feels like Jaws has a vendetta. Like he's trying to get people. Godzilla is just you really know, big and he wrecks stuff. But, and you're right. Yeah. Like it's not about the characters in, in those early Godzillas. Yeah. I mean, most of the Godzillas, it's really not about the characters. Whereas here, I feel like Jaws is. Yeah. But Jaws was also a book. So that yeah. might be like, I don't know where, where the inspiration really yeah. comes from. I love I love the old Godzilla. Like my favorite is like Godzilla vs. Biollante. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, but yeah, but and I, I think the reason I would draw a big distinction between like Godzilla and Jaws is it's always Godzilla fights off whatever is probably worse for the humans. Yeah. Whereas Jaws is just trying to kill people, you know, which is what sharks do. They need to eat. Yeah, but they like, I, I don't like the depiction of this this shark. I don't it's either. Not how, it's not how sharks actually behave. Yeah. And also not like attacking boats and being able to destroy shark-proof cages. Yeah. This That's did a, a lot of damage. And, and I mean, like, check out like Shark Week on Discovery. There is like a lot of stuff out now that's like trying to like has like conservation efforts to kind of undo what uh, Hollywood and cinema has done to the perception of sharks. Yeah, it's entered into the collective unconscious right. that sharks are much worse than like really we should have we should have had like um, Josh should have been a hippo. Yeah. Because that, that would have been more more like They're realistic. They're actually extremely dangerous. Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I this movie... I mean, I, when it came out at the time, I don't think they had any idea that it was going to basically be like, oh, like sharks are terrible. We, we can, It's fine to just destroy this huge part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, this movie didn't do that on purpose, but I do like that. It seems like now there's a huge effort going into being like, these are not just like vicious man eaters. That yeah. This this movie did do some damage there. But, uh, but yeah, uh, we can we can move on from that. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the look. Yeah, let's talk about like two, some of the things that the Jaws does well. Right. Um, it is in the... 2.39 to 1 aspect ratio which is like like that anamorphic widescreen uh people call it like letterbox and stuff like that but this is one of at least the most well-known movies to really start using that aspect ratio and that's basically what any kind of really dramatic cinematic movie uses now like mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna refer to it again but like uh, almost every marvel movie is in this aspect ratio like your big your big summer blockbusters all use this now and this was like kind of one of the first ones to like really establish that as like a mainstay in like that sort of genre and I think that's cool. Like I said, this this movie does a, a bunch of stuff to like stuff that are staples now all started pretty much because of Jaws. Yeah, it is funny like thinking about like how like how like ultra wide it is. Right. But it's it's fascinating cuz like I, I don't think it necessarily like it there's a big difference between it being square and being and it being wide and then like being super wide, I guess. Like I that there's probably a limit to how wide it can be right. before it before it gets too distracting. But I think once you get past like sixteen uh sixteen nine, then it's harder to tell. Right. I think this movie would have sucked to watch on TV in the seventies, like whenever it got released. Like yeah, because I get to watch it on a nice wide screen because that's how TVs are made now. Yeah. But back then, you got a, a tube TV. This must have looked like garbage on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the way that the way that like if it was shown on TV because it it did it got a release on like channels were like showing it and stuff too. So it was a little edited and everything, but it must have looked like crap. Like having to be all squared up on the old right. tube TVs. So that's funny. That'd be an interesting to go back and look at it that way and be like, ooh. <laughs> 
So, and speaking of cinematography, like there's a lot of fun technical stuff going on here. Like there's a lot of long shots that are really well paced. They're really well set. Um, like you have that ferry shot when uh, Brody gets on the the ferry and the mayor joins him. That's a that's a fairly long, over a minute shot, and you have everybody moving uh, in the frame, and they move to different sections, and like things are in and out of focus. That's a lot of fun. Uh, there's this. Is that one... where they're trying to decide if they're going to shut down the beach or not? Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love thinking of that part. It's like it's almost like a like the mob. Like, like like mafia boss is like hey you can't shut down the beach like yeah but he's wearing like an easter suit <laughs> yeah. like seersucker pants they're all like in pastels it's so goofy but it like it kind of has that feel of like yeah it's like a shakedown yeah, yeah, it's really weird <laughs> like the coney island shakedown yeah, exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you have the ferry shot, uh, you have the one where he's walking out to the crowded beach before the second attack and you see him walk out and then we, we zoom out and see the whole landscape of the beach and I all of that, the yeah. people. It was a great shot. There's a, there's a lot said right there with mm-hmm. your, with your camera work. Um, you have, and then after that you have like, um, uh, he's talking with the mayor and with Hooper underneath the, the big Amity sign where they've painted the shark in mm-hmm. and that the 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 angle's really low to really emphasize the sign this big looming presence yeah. these small men trying to figure out you know in their small world how everything works is that that's after they've caught the one shark that they think is the culprit i think so i can't remember yeah. the order of events because they don't really matter yeah um that shark it was like shipped from i want to say it was somewhere like in like the gulf of mexico is where they got it some one of the yeah. southern states got it and then it had to be taken like all i think cuz they filmed this in Martha's Vineyard in California so it had to be like shipped all the way there. And they said it was absolutely putrid by the time it got on set. They were like, they're like, everyone on set is like trying not to like retch. It's amazing because there's like 30 people. Yeah. They're like, it was vile apparently. Because <laughs> I guess they, they couldn't find a shark to catch like on the West Coast. So yeah, they yeah, brought it all Tiger over. sharks don't work, don't live on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was funny. They're like, <laughs> they had to ship the shark in yeah that's I, i'm pretty sure at least tiger sharks don't live on the west coast i wanted to i don't know myself, enough about the let's, of sharks. let's get back to the things i do know yeah yeah <laughs> um and then you have like quince monologue like in probably the best scene of the whole movie um where he's talking about like all of the uh i forget what it was like the that ship the, the uss was it the mcintyre the one that gets uh like uh attacked and like all and uh it capsizes and then they all get eaten by sharks and just like him, that slow dolly zoom in on him as he is really setting this mood of this this sailor story is unnerving. It's so well paced. It's well acted. It's well lit. That's a lot. That that that's great right there. But no one really talks about that. Like yeah. that's a great example of filmmaking. That that's mm-hmm. not what Jaws is though. Yeah, uh, I do think all of the best stuff in this movie comes from when like those three are together and they're like kind of just swapping like the sailor stories and stuff. And it also leads into what I think is the most awkward scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. It's I, like I they, love it. It's where they, they're like comparing scars, like throws his, uh, Hooper throws his leg up on the table and then Quint throws his leg up on top of him. And then they just kind of keep talking with like their legs intertwined. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, here? exactly. Cinematically. It's such a weird shot, but yeah, I, it's I like, like it's it. like a, it's like a, like a dick comparing con- <laughs> like, contest. Weird. Like, um, but I think like, it's interesting. Like I think about that, 
like, oh, that's weird, homoerotic, but it's mostly be just because like of our society. Like, yeah. I don't think like like it certainly isn't weird like when girls do it, you know. No, you're right. And but it's weird for guys, especially weird to see on film. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of it is is it was meant to be like these guys are getting close and getting drunk and like for yeah. sure. And then they start like singing the songs together stuff. Like like I said, like that's the best part of the movie is to like really flesh out the relationship between these guys. It makes yeah. it matter so much more than when they have like the conflict at the end. And in a small space of time, the, when you actually physically close the the gap, like when you when you cross taboos in uh, stories, those form bonds in uh, the viewer's mind much quicker than anything else because it's like oh they have they have something like that they've that they've bonded over that they've connected on that other people never never would ever do. This is reserved only for people that are very close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And it's like you said, like that's the part of the movie that no one talks about. It's like the, oh, we're going to need a bigger boat. Like that's that's what yeah. makes Jaws Jaws. Yeah. Or smile, my, smile, you, uh, what is it? Smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, that's, that's Jaws, which yeah. is sad. Because yeah, I think, and another part that I, I think is really well done and you don't get enough of them is like the underwater shots. Like the way the movie starts out at like the mm. perspective of the shark. And it's so, it, it is, it's like the, the first half of this movie is a horror movie. Like the way it starts, the, the girl being attacked and it's like this really slow and it, that's the part where the sound really works like the the, the yeah. score really works and it it is like coupled with what's on screen and everything's working together we also have credits there yeah and it's nice that's like that's that's the whole point of that it's a good setup for it and then it's i think there's like maybe one more underwater scene where they find like the that shipwreck they try to well they also have the one at the end right where that where he's getting attacked but i also just like just like even shots cutting to the shark's perspective under the water we have a lot a lot of those like think of like like open water Mm -hmm. or like any other type of movie like we have we're so saturated with cgi now that we just throw all these shots in they don't mean anything anymore yeah deep blue the meg like all these yeah shitty shark movies that come out now yeah they they like take advantage of the technology being good enough to do that now and and i understand like there were limitations in 75 when this came out so you couldn't like maybe get as many of those shots as you want. I just think when they are used, they're really good. They're they're probably some of my, cinematically, like my favorite or or the most well-done shots, I think. Yeah, and I would say like the, again, like it's weird thinking about like Jaws eating someone and that's not really the movie because I feel like one of the most tense uh, sequences in the whole film is when Quint gets eaten. Yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. My only problem with it is it shows too much of the shark. Um, cause yeah. I, I thought, I think a lot of what makes that scene really good is like how well, like Quint, like the, how well it's acted and like you, you like, you get the, the, the ups on him kind of being shaken around. He's coughing up blood and just the way he's screaming, it seems real. And, and there's and, no music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you're, you're wholly engrossed in that scene and it, then when it cuts to like this kind of goofy shark, it, it kind of takes you out of it. It's, that's an example of a movie where I, I think like you needed less of the creature in it to make it more scary. It's like, cause every time you see it, like it kind of takes you out of it, you know? Yeah. And he did wait for a good portion of the film, you know? Um, it's not really seen throughout the first half. Right. Mostly just the fin. But I, I do feel like there was a few too many cuts back to, this is a giant animatronic yeah. shark on the end of this boat. I Yeah. See, that's where I kind of like, I, it's tough to criticize that because they do wait a long time to really have the shark in it. But it's still, I think it's still too much. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I think, uh. We've talked about like Jurassic Park before and you criticize how there's too much T-Rex in it. And yeah. I think I think this kind of falls into that same thing where it's like, there's too much shark in this. Like, uh, It's a little self-indulgent. Yeah. 
like right. this is like we, we we made these we need to show them like and that's the whole point of like showing the t-rex and like the the flashing thunder and lightning mm-hmm. and is because of like look at what we can do look at how terrifying this is and how real it right. looks which kind of actually undercuts it's it it's why why it's even terrifying yeah like i said i think because robert shaw who's play, plays quint i think he does so well in that scene it's like well you don't really need the shark to be in it that much like just the, like the little like little bits of like the front of the shark's mouth you know like you can see it like latched onto him but then you get like kind of wider shots of it shaking him about and i was yeah. like uh, i don't like that well i i think if you do that we need more further wider shots really emphasizing man versus nature right how it's a small experience and how this individual uh confrontation is happening on a wider scape and it's tragic and there's nothing that he can do because he is so small yeah i do like yeah saying it's tragic i think the way that that sequence ends where he's just like slowly drug into the water it's so creepy and that's like and that's where it's like it's a small use of the animatronic in it and and because it's you don't get a really good view of it you mostly just see quint being like drug off and like that's kind of where that's like the emotional like hit of that scene is not like the shark you know it should have been like the the death of quint i think uh but yeah like moving on from that one what do you think of like how this one ends like the exploding shark i kind of missed the fact like i knew that he put the tank in there yeah. i just missed it when i was watching I it the too. second I time like, yeah i was like wait a minute when like yeah i i, I don't because I, I know I paid attention to it. Like, I know I was watching them, but I was like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, he has the tank in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, like, I was trying to figure, like, maybe I was working on the script at the same time or taking notes, but, like, yeah. I had the same thought, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just also, it's also weird to me, like, why they're so concerned, why the shark is so hyper-aggressive, um, why they paid the dude with the worst boat in the entire movie <laughs> and he's like crazy too because they're like gonna call for help and not call for help but they're gonna give him like the, the call in like their coordinates and stuff you know be like we found the shark and and quinn comes in and smashes the radio like that's kind of stuff that adds tension to the movie because now it's like now they're really stranded like like i said like the hero's journey like they've crossed the threshold they're in like uh, the yeah uh, the descent into yeah. the underworld yeah and like now they're really on their own so i do like aspects of that i think it like it, that's a good like bit of tension in it but it is crazy it's like why is he like why is it the worst boat ever but then i guess you you see other people in like little like sort of rowboats trying to go out there and kill the shark so yeah maybe he doesn't have the worst boat <laughs> <laughs> uh, i do really like the end and it just kind of leads into the credits it's hooper and 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 they're they're like on like the little bit of wreckage kind of just swimming back like kicking their way and they're like oh we'll make it eventually you know yeah, what is what what does he say? Brody says something about the water, and it's just a, like a, a goofy cliche one liner, um, which is typical of this movie. Yeah, yeah, and it just ends like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, buddies swimming, swimming back to shore. And it's like it's it's just fine. Yeah, like, it kind of again like I I just don't love those those types of of jokes at the end. If your whole movie was meant to be dramatic yeah it, it like i said like a, it, it feels like the tone of the movie really changes once they get out to sea and it, it doesn't make any sense to me it's like well you got rid of your whole horror feel i think you know yeah it's yeah I, so i don't know i don't i don't love i i love parts of this movie yeah um it's just strange that it's as widely seen as it is yeah did you know that was steven spielberg's second movie I thought it was his first, actually. His second one. And oh, wait, was... no, THX. No, 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 that's George Lucas. 
but he was like terrified because this movie also like went way over in budget and it, oh it yeah got, like three times over or something and i think it got extended a couple months of shooting so yeah because he decided to like to shoot like like at sea yeah because it's like and he just didn't he just didn't understand like how difficult that is like right. it's it's already difficult enough to, sh- to shoot something outside but to do it like at sea like it's crazy and he's like yeah we could have probably done a lot of shots um like in tanks in mm-hmm. studios somewhere he's like it just didn't it wouldn't have had that realistic feel which is funny considering how this movie doesn't feel real yeah no, i agree As as like, Why? <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter oh, but that's crazy i think he's only like maybe like i think he's like 28 or something. i thought he was 27 it, yeah something that doesn't matter there. it's around there like you, yeah. i mean he, he was 20s and yeah. you, you made essentially one of the most famous movies of all time like yeah. that's incredible and the fact that he thought like he's like i'll never get a job in hollywood again and now he's probably the most well-known director that's ever lived i think like yeah when I went to film school, like when my conception of movies was like when I look at Spielberg's filmography, like that's what I thought cinema was. That's yep. what I thought movies was, movies were, is because these are the things that exist like everywhere. Everyone has seen mm-hmm. all of his movies or at least a significant number of them because they have really defined what modern cinema is now. Right. Or modern movies, like modern Hollywood. I wouldn't call it cinema necessarily because we moved very, his movies have moved us further from the cinema. Yeah. I actually went back and listened to the Under the Skin review we did. And you talk about that. You're like, this is what I thought film school was going to be. And you mentioned Jaws. You're like, I thought we were going to talk about Jaws. And I was like, here you go, man. We get to talk about Jaws yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> here we're talking about so. Jaws because like, yeah. So that's why we needed to talk about Jaws yeah. because that's what I thought it was. And what it's not. Film is not Jaws. No. Do you have anything else to add to this? I don't think so. How many uh, shark teeth on a puka shell necklace do you give this one? <laughs> puka shell necklace. <laughs> Man, that is weird. I didn't really think of like my scores today, um, especially for this one. It's not like I said. This is because this wasn't necessarily like a review. Review. I it gets. I think you described it as like a a meta conversation on why this movie is. You know. Yeah. But I still think it deserves a rating. I, I'm gonna give it a five point eight. Okay. You know, it's there's there's fun stuff here. It, yeah. It's enjoyable. A lot of stuff is well shot. Um, a lot of it's bad, but it's really like. I, I feel more strongly about the bad things based on how they've influenced modern movies more so than what what how they existed within this film. Right. Um, yeah, I think I go, I think I probably go like six just because this is a classic and it, it deserves its due, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think just the influence it's had on cinema in general, like it's not bad. And I think we kind of knocked a lot of it, but it's fine to watch. And I think if you if you're interested in like, understanding why film is the way it is now this is something that's worth watching to be like oh okay i get it yeah that that's why roland emmerich makes movies <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> because drugs draws exists <laughs> uh but yeah with that we're, we're wrapping this one up uh you can find us on any platform you f- listen to podcasts on like itunes and uh spotify uh we also have an email uh now this is podcasting 100 at gmail.com uh we also upload all these to youtube so you can leave a comment there uh, but yeah, so please reach out. And if you have any suggestions or comments, we actually got our first like thumbs down on a video. I was very excited. Like we put out something controversial. Wow. I saw we also lost a subscriber, which is significant for us. We <laughs> have <laughs> so few. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, I was. I was <laughs> but exci- I was like, who signed up for us and then decided, no, I, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> but I think it's very exciting to get a thumbs down. It means we're stirring the pot you know yeah kicking yeah. the hornet's nest yeah exactly <laughs> we'll probably just get, get on youtube like this isn't a this isn't visual <laughs> <laughs> right uh but yeah thank you for listening to now this is podcasting